This episode of the Beauté Industry Podcast was brought to you by Candela Medical, growing your practice with the latest treatment technology, science, results, and trust. Hello and welcome to the Beauté Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry. I am your host, founding director of Beauté Industry, Tamara Reed. Here, we are closing the competitive gap and speaking your language. This is a platform created and dedicated to the professional beauty industry, valuing community over competition. We serve to help connect you with inspiration from industry experts, expand your knowledge through educational pieces, and bring you the latest in product and technology innovation. This is Beauté Industry. Today, our guest is Sergio Taranto from Candela Medical in conversation with Beauté Industries' Lashana Shepard. Introducing technology into your business can be quite a large and daunting investment. As a business owner, it's important to know not only how the machine will improve your business and service your clients, but we also need to understand what that machine requires in terms of ongoing care, maintenance, and the all-encompassing cost. The consumables, how often parts need replacing, and what the machine requires in terms of maintenance can change the financial outlay of your equipment, not to mention potentially affect the machine performance in the long run. Knowing what your service provider offers in terms of long-term maintenance, servicing and parts should also influence the decision you make when investing in technology. Today to talk to us about machine maintenance is Sergio Taranto, Field Service Manager for Candela Medical Australia and New Zealand. Sergio has over 12 years experience working with medical devices and leads a team of 12 engineers across Australia and the NZ. Sergio is responsible for continuing to drive the success of the Candela service team as the company continues to grow into new territories and expand their device modalities. Here is Sergio and Lashana for Beauté Industry. Well, hi, Sergio. How are you? Hey, Lashana. Good, thanks. How are you? I'm great. Thank you on this gloomy Melbourne day. As always. Yeah, absolutely. And you're Melbourne based as well, so you know the pain. I am. Now, we start by asking all of our guests, how did you enter the beauty industry? Sure. Um, so my girlfriend at the time was in the beauty industry. And uh, back in the early 2000s, it was very lucrative. Um, I had been working in the US for quite some time. Um, and then the GFC hit. So it was around 2006, I think, from memory. So I was basically forced to move back home and relocate. So I saw it as an opportunity to change career paths and try something new. Um, and I really took a liking to the machines. And the Candela systems were actually the first ones that I played around with. So, um, yeah, I just fell in love with the devices and how they worked and they sort of made sense to me. Um, so that's how I got started. Oh, you sound very similar to me with technology where it just always kind of clicked and made sense and that was what made me fall in love with it. So you and me have very similar stories. Yeah, look, to be honest, I think um, hearing some of the nightmares that people have working on other devices, I think if I would have touched another piece of equipment, I probably would have become a plumber or something else. <laughs> so, yeah, it was fate. 
Yeah, absolutely. And obviously having your girlfriend at the time be interested as well, it kind of creates a bit more conversation and a bit more passion around it, which is always yeah, great. For sure. I was just trying to get brownie points, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, so since 2006, you've obviously had a background um, with Candela and with technology. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about your background with technology? Yeah. Um, so I guess as a child, I used to annoy my father following him around as he used to work on the family cars. Um, he used to service them um, for us and for some relatives as well. So there'd always be a car with the bonnet open and I'd follow him around and, you know, the typical story, passing him wrenches and looking at things and trying to be helpful, but I was probably annoying him, to be honest with you. Hold um, the flashlight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, don't touch that and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, but then I guess I developed an interest in pulling apart computers as I became a little bit older. So throughout sort of primary school and high school, I would always um, pull apart my brother's older um, computers, upgrade them, sometimes break them, um, put them back together, buy parts for them. And that sort of kept me busy, I suppose. And again, I sort of fell in love with um, that whole process of uh, making something faster or better or bigger. So it was um, always, yeah, in the back of my mind sort of to... um, work on stuff with my hands and fixing things. So I guess, yeah, that's what ultimately led me to uh, going to university and I graduated from Monash University with an information systems degree. Um, But yeah, but before then I was always sort of, you know, handy with my technology, I suppose. Absolutely. And you've picked the right industry for things always being bigger, better, better, faster. (laughs) We always want to improve. So you've definitely fallen into the right category if that's your thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, innovation is so important, especially for clinic owners. So Mm. you always have to be ahead ahead of the game and the next best thing. So yeah, it lends itself for sure. Absolutely. Now, we're going to be talking a lot about technology today and specifically what um, especially business owners should be looking for when introducing a technology into their clinics. Um, Obviously, it's always a very big and nerve-wracking purchase for um, some business owners. They've either never touched technology before or maybe they're just unsure where the investment is. Um, But not only that, they need to understand what's required of that machine as well and what comes along with servicing and maintenance. So when purchasing a device, how important is it for someone to understand the requirement for machine maintenance? Um, So I guess ultimately the requirement for machine maintenance can be a critical deciding factor when purchasing equipment. And that's because these devices are directly tied to the revenue of a clinic. So it's really important to understand what those maintenance requirements are, what those intervals look like. So is it every three months? Is it every six months? Is it every two years? And also what those costs look like. Um, A lot of the times um, we can underestimate just the costs for these parts and um, maintenance servicing. I guess my experience has been that there's a lot of parallels that clinic owners like to draw with cars and capital equipment. And they just aren't the same. Like the cost for these parts um, sometimes can be astronomical. So to understand those maintenance costs um, and what's covered and what's not covered long-term can be the deciding factor whether your your plan's going to be successful or not, especially when when purchasing a device, for sure. Absolutely. And 
not only are you factoring in the purchase of the, you know, if you want the biggest, baddest, greatest piece of technology, obviously with that comes some amazing components and cords and fiber optics and things that you might need to replace. And obviously um, if you're buying the most expensive, amazing fandangled machines, sometimes those, you know, spare parts do cost quite a lot of money and you need to be prepared for that. For sure, absolutely. And look, and that's always a discussion that can be had um, with your BDM, so with the person who's um, helping you purchase the device. You can always raise those questions and just ask, um, you know, what does the servicing look like? What are those intervals um, and the potential costs going forward for ownership, especially after the warranty has expired as well? That's a great point too with um, warranties. Obviously, they're usually around one to five years for most pieces of technology, but that can change. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Candela is one of the first, I think the first um, medical device company to offer a five-year warranty with their devices at point of sale. So Amazing. That, yeah, that's a lot of peace of mind for the clinic owner knowing that, you know, for the first five years of the device, um, especially during that time when, you can potentially pay that piece of equipment off. You're going to have no headaches um, and you're going to have everything covered. That's fantastic. I think most of the machinery I've seen has been one year. So to have five, um, incredible, great, yeah. great coverage and great service. Absolutely. Well, we have the backing for it. We've got the team. We've got the infrastructure in place to be able to offer that kind of servicing. So I, can, I think that's, that's a critical part to consider as well when purchasing a device. Absolutely. So along with that, what do you, what else do you think consumers should be looking for in a service provider? Um, one major thing that I would consider is what sort of response time is being offered by the manufacturer. Um, that can, can be a really deciding factor in terms of how much downtime potentially are you going to experience as an owner of a business? Is it going to be one day or is it going to be three weeks? Um, so those kinds of questions are critical because, again, it's directly tied to the revenue of the business. So if you can have a clear understanding on what those response times are going to be, you can make a, a more informed decision when purchasing your device. Absolutely. And I know for myself, when I've worked with technology, if you've got two, three hour full bodies booked in on a Saturday, the last thing you need is your machine going down and you not being able to service your clients or if they're not going to be able to get to you for three weeks. If your business is um, laser-centric or technology-centric, it's going to be very hard for you to reschedule those clients. And um, especially after COVID, we're all booked about six weeks in advance. You can imagine if you can't get that turnaround time, how hard it's going to be for your clients to book back in and let alone for you to catch up. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, working as, uh, with aesthetic technology, there can obviously be some smaller components and they're things like fibre optic cables, um, windows, hand pieces. Generally speaking, and I know obviously it, it varies, but how often should someone be maintaining or replacing things like hand pieces or cords or at least checking them? I think it's, it's always best practice to have the therapist check the hand pieces and optics at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, and that's purely because if something needs attention, it can, be, it can be picked up sooner rather than later and potentially avoid you know, a costly repair or, or replacement. So if you can build that into your clinic protocols that you know, one person is in charge or either the clinic manager or 
um, the therapist that is responsible for that particular room, um, if they get into the habit of checking those devices at the end of each day, um, you can pick on pick up on something that's, let's say it's very minor that just needs a, a clean and a dust up, you know, that can potentially save you thousands in the long run, um, as opposed to just not checking it at all or having those intervals maybe too far apart. So if someone only checks it once a month, um, especially like you said, a clinic that's heavily uh, device centric, that could that could easily mean, you know, thousands of dollars at the end of the month in terms of unnecessary cost. Absolutely. My background is obviously with technology and also with technology education. And I think one of my biggest bugbears going into a clinic was therapists not looking after a device or not doing daily maintenance and checkups and cleanings because they're the things that will ultimately destroy your device in the long run. And they can be very minor things like wiping your gauge that's got hair on it as you're treating or soaking your windows, making sure they're clean, making sure you don't have hot spots, um, cleaning filters for IPL machines. These are all things that should be done as you are going through the day. And as you said, those bigger things like dusting, making sure that everything's being checked over should be done either at the end of the day or before every day to make sure that that you know, very expensive piece of equipment is being well looked after. And I think managers and owners should always make sure that that's happening in their clinic. Because I know sometimes when the door's shut, therapists go in, they do their own thing, but definitely those smaller components can make a big impact on the bigger components of the machine. So always making sure that you're wiping things over, cleaning things. That's just my big bugbear <laughs> and yeah. tangent from guess, going into clinics and seeing not people not doing it properly. For sure. I guess the challenge though for the specifically for the really busy clinic owners is that, you know, how do you manage that? Like if you have mm. two therapists in your clinic, then yeah, it's it's fair enough. You can always isolate who the culprit is. But when you have a clinic of five, seven, ten girls, um, it can be quite um difficult to manage to, to find out you know who's on which shift who was there last because people are coming in and out of the treatment rooms constantly so it becomes a real challenge to manage that internally so i guess if the clinic owners and managers are i guess laying the foundation down in terms of culturally how important it is to maintain those devices and maybe explain excuse me maybe explain to the therapists you know how just how expensive these particular parts are, if we can probably help them understand the, the why behind, you know, the importance Absolutely. of cleaning those devices and, and, and the optics as well. Absolutely. I know for myself, I knew exactly how expensive a cord was and one day it snapped <laughs> and it was no fault of my own. It was just wear and tear being fiber optics, they're glass, obviously they, they have a shelf life. Um, and I remember running into the bathroom and crying because I knew exactly how expensive it was and I thought I was going to be in major trouble. So <laughs> luckily enough, our service engineer came out and went, no, not your fault, wear and tear. And I've never been so relieved in my life. <laughs> yeah. I guess just touching on that point, um, like you said, accidents can happen and they do happen. So I guess the best piece of advice that I can offer clinic owners in that situation is to have spares. Like I can't tell you how many yes. times I speak with um, clinic owners and they don't have a spare handpiece or a spare fiber or a spare lens cart in their clinic. And, you know, I understand that in terms of cash flow, it can be a burden to fork out, you know, a few thousand dollars to pay for those 
spares. But it's in those critical times, like you said, when you're fully booked on a Saturday or a Sunday and you've got back-to-back clients, you know, it can be as simple as just opening up a drawer, grabbing a replacement, plugging it in and, and continuing the day versus, you know, rescheduling your whole day, cancelling you, your patients and then having to wait you know, till business hours to place your order, receive the order and then install it on the device. That can be a, a huge difference in terms of, you um, potential money lost, but also potential money earned as well that you've missed out on. So just by having some spares in the clinic, um, it could make a huge difference to the operation of that. Absolutely. And unfortunately, technology, sometimes you, you're not exactly sure when something's going to happen. Sometimes it can be random. Sometimes it can obviously be um, human error. But having that spare, I know for myself, has always been, oh, it's been such a lifesaver. Mm, absolutely, for sure. After the break, advice on what you need to know if you're purchasing technology. But first, a word from today's Butte partner. And community, if you're wondering, apart from the incredible education provided like the knowledge shared in today's conversation, what sets Candela apart, it's their commitment. From the day you become a Candela customer, you experience a true partnership. With the purchase of a Candela device, you receive a three-year service warranty, clinical training for you and your team, as well as access to their comprehensive marketing resources. Your success is their success. To find out more, visit www.candelamedical.com.au. And now back to Lashana and Sergio. The other thing that people... well, I've seen people do, I've never participated, but I've seen people try to get their hands on non-genuine parts. So people trying to get them, get around some of the costs by either looking overseas or getting something that's a, a, you know, parody version or something that really isn't genuine from a service manager's point of view, what is the difference between buying genuine and non-genuine parts and how much does it matter and affect the device performance? So firstly, I completely understand the position of clinic owners and the need for looking at costs and reducing those costs. So that is always an absolute consideration when running any business. It's, you know, how do we improve our bottom line? What can we do? What levers can we pull to be able to get a better outcome financially? So I completely understand um, the requirement to do that. And this is probably going to come across as a sales pitch, but I truly believe in buying genuine. And if you don't mind, Lashana, I can give you just two quick examples of why. Absolutely. I guess the first one is uh, cryogen and refilling cryogen. Mm. So I know that's very tempting because there can be a, a quite a price difference between buying candela cryogen and refilled cryogen. Now, the difference is that refilling gases or, or specifically these small portable cryogen cans is actually illegal and an offence federally. So the reason for that is because these cans are not designed to be refilled. And so what tends to happen is the internal lining of the aluminium can begins to degrade. And so tiny little shards of um, aluminium start to seep into the gas. And so ultimately you're treating patients with this gas and you're getting some contamination with every pulse. So that can cause, as you can imagine, it could cause 
um, complications with um, reactions, cryogen burns, irritation to the skin. And so then you know, you've got poor therapists running around trying to troubleshoot and trying to determine why this client's had a nasty reaction to their skin. And all along, it's because you know, the gas that's coming out of the device is not safe. So yes, there is a cost difference there, that a potential saving by using refill cryogen, but at the end of the day, at what cost really, if your patients are gonna get irritation and potential burning on the skin, you know, is it really worth it? My opinion is no. No. Rather, <laughs> no, you'd rather just you know, be safe and um, buy fresh uh, single-use cans from Candela. And that way, even from an insurance point of view, you're, you're covered as well. And probably the second thing um, that's extremely common is, so I guess um, they used to be called sliders back in the day, but these days we call them lens cards. And those are the little optics that sit on the end of the fibre. And so it's the last point of the fibre before it hits the skin. Um, and we've seen a lot of incorrect coating on those lenses and also incorrect wavelengths being installed on those optics. So there is a huge potential for burning patients because uh, the laser that's going through isn't being filtered properly. So we see that quite often. Um, and again, it is a cost consideration, but for the sake of the safety of your patients, um, I would always recommend buying genuine. Absolutely. And as a therapist, you're probably not going to notice, you know, a red coating on a, a little window compared to a green coating. You're probably not familiar enough to pick that up. Or so it, it's absolutely imperative that your salon has what is needed so that your therapists aren't obviously picking up a piece of equipment that, you know, could be contaminated, or if the window's got the incorrect wavelength on it, then unfortunately it can cause things like burns and adverse reactions. For sure. And also it does cause faults with your laser too. Mm. So you can waste a lot of time if you have a therapist who's just trying to get through their patient um, and they're continuously trying to recalibrate the device or trying to get it working and they can't and they can't figure out why that is. And that's often because they've been supplied with either a pack of windows or a lens card that's been rebuilt somewhere in China or you know, overseas and it just has the incorrect optics installed in the first place. Yeah, wow. Now, would that affect your manufacturer's warranty? So we don't warranty any of the external components of the laser anyway. So it wouldn't void your warranty in terms of Candela devices. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a moot point because, like I said, we cover everything internal to the device, um, but it's really out of our hands because, as you mentioned, accidents can happen. The therapist can accidentally knock the fiber or drop the handpiece. Or, so there's so many variables there that we simply just don't warranty them anyway. Oh, perfect. That's a great service. <laughs> um, what is the importance of servicing your device regularly? Uh, I guess... Two things is cost of breakdowns can be um, greatly minimised if you keep on top of your device maintenance. Um, but also the main thing is the disruption to the clinic. So by maintaining your device regularly, you really are minimising the potential downtime that you have for your clients. Um, a system that's well maintained generally will last a lot longer and will be much smoother in its operation compared to one that's been neglected or never been vacuumed or cleaned properly, those are the ones that tend to break down more often. And I guess the, the main reason for that is the number one killer for these devices is excess heat. 
So the best way to avoid heat is to make sure that those filters are vacuumed and uh, the systems are um, in a well-ventilated room. And just overall general maintenance of the device will ensure that it will run, you know, according to spec and have minimal downtime for your business. Absolutely. And I, I, again, going back to my experiences with um, machinery and obviously educating people on how to use machinery, I would go into so many businesses that had no ventilation and no aircon, no fan, no nothing. And the answer I would often get is, oh, but the client will get cold. It's okay for your client to get cold sometimes. Unfortunately, your machine health and well-being does weigh out. Um, your laser IPL piece of technology will potentially produce a lot of heat. What that means is it can obviously overheat. Um, and if it overheats, it can obviously impact the uh, running of the device. It can cause it to switch off. It can uh, cause it to go into a cool down mode, um, depending on what device you have. It can also affect the components. So sometimes when you're looking at technology, you also have to think about, are you going to be okay with number one, the discomfort of the client, especially if you're doing something like hair removal or pigment removal, where it's a very hot and uncomfortable treatment. But number two, you will have to look at how is your room set up? Does it have um, the airflow that it needs? Does it have air con? Are you okay with your clients being a bit cold? Do you have potentially white sheets and things that you can cover them with to make sure that they stay comfortable throughout the treatment? Because these are all things that come alongside of your technology and making sure that the health of your technology stays um, perfect, basically. Yeah, I agree. But look, again, there is that cost consideration, you know, putting in air con and proper ventilation, all those things cost money. So um, again, you have to sort of weigh up as a business owner, is it worth the investment initially up front to have proper ventilation and air con and enough room, for example, to, to fit a bed and fit your devices in there comfortably um, versus having to deal with the ongoing nightmare of this machine switching off or overheating. Yeah. Like said. So it is a balance. Um, but I think some careful consideration there can make the difference in the long term. Absolutely. You kind of have to look at every side of the coin before diving in and getting a piece of technology. There's a lot more to consider than business owners probably think. Yeah, for sure. Well, hopefully um, some owners can get something out of this podcast today. And yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's the hope. That's the plan. Now, if someone does have a busy clinic and they do have a device that's being used quite a lot, obviously we're seeing now a lot of popularity with things like hair removal and pigment removal, vascular removal. Should a device that's being used more frequently be serviced more frequently? So in terms of servicing, um, we generally recommend an annual service and that takes care of most of your bread and butter servicing requirements. Um, having said that, if you are a busy clinic and your laser is being used, um, you know, six days a week or it's a high volume, um, usually the machine will present symptoms that it needs work. So the most obvious thing is the speed of the treatment starts to slow down. So that's when, you know, you'd obviously just pick up the phone or send us an email and we'd come out and we'd have a look at that and address those issues. So it's not something that usually... Um, is, uh, how can I say, it's not really built into a warranty or a service agreement as such. However, we do cover everything internally into the device anyway. So 
if you do have any concerns or you feel that the machine isn't quite right, um, we're always there to, to come out and have a look at it and make sure it is running up to spec. So it's never an issue for us to attend if required. Awesome. And is there a difference between servicing directly with your manufacturer versus a third party? Um, I guess the main difference, again, is going back to the safety aspect. Um, are your parts genuine? Are they performing as they should? Um, a lot of third-party um, servicing doesn't have the correct calibration intervals for their meters. So, for example, um, we have to send our um, diagnostic tools to our factory in the U.S., to get calibrated every 12 months. And that's a legal requirement. Um, it's been my experience that third-party operators sometimes don't do that. Again, it's a, a cost-saving um, strategy for them. But again, it's, it's potentially putting your business at risk if those calibrations aren't accurate. Um, also, um, like I mentioned before, things like refilled cryogen, um, windows with incorrect wavelengths, all those things, um, yes, they can be cheaper, but they do pose a bigger risk to your business as well. So I believe that there is a big difference between uh, servicing with the genuine manufacturer versus the third party, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And at least you know that all of your check, you know, we've dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's, everything's been looked over thoroughly. And legal requirements, I never knew, and I've worked with technology for a long time, I've never known that there are so many legal requirements that you guys obviously um, abide by and cover. And I, I'm even learning a little bit of extra information, which is amazing. Yeah, well, there's so many um, skin and laser clinics at the moment. Um, the industry has just gone through a huge boom in the last few years. And so insurance companies um, obviously have more risk. They're, they're more exposed to these um, adverse reactions, like you mentioned previously. So they want to mitigate their risk on their end and they want to ensure that um, they're doing everything they can to, to avoid paying out these huge sums of money for uh, claims. And so, yeah, definitely they're cracking down on requirements um, and that's reflected in their premiums as well. So that can be um, directly influenced by what kind of operation you're running and, like I said, are you dotting your uh, I's and crossing all your T's as well? Absolutely. And I think that post-COVID, we as consumers want that we want a bit more regulation we want a, a lot more protocol we want a lot more rigor around the things that are being implemented into our businesses and I think knowing that that is part of the service I think it will put so many business owners minds at ease and go yep we're, we're covered my insurance is covered um and, and it just is that extra point of difference, I guess. And it means that they can put their head on their pillow at night and sleep easy knowing I'm covered, all my bases, my service, my servicing's covered, my insurance is covered. I'm making sure that this piece of technology that I've invested loads of money in is doing everything that I need it to do. Plus I've covered all my bases when it comes to looking after it and making sure that it runs the way that it should and meets insurance requirements. Yep, for sure. Absolutely. One less thing to worry about. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm sure you have seen it all by now. <laughs> I know I have. What is one of the biggest mistakes that you have seen when it comes to how people look after their machines? Is there something that you repair regularly or that you see people um, doing incorrectly regularly? Um, probably one of the funniest things I've seen is um, a therapist accidentally filling the laser with bleach. 
No. Rather than distilled water. Um, I guess they're both clear liquids and can be confused, I guess. But one Um, smells. Yeah, that was one clean laser. I I don't think I've ever seen a cleaner laser than that. But, yeah, that that ruined the system, so we had to flush that out and there was a huge repair for that. Um, But on a a serious note, I think (laughs) the biggest mistake that I've seen, which is quite easy to do, is um, not checking the wavelength on your safety goggles. So mm. I've seen uh, clinics where um, the therapists are assuming that the, the safety goggles that are within the room are for that particular laser and they've provided no protection at all from the laser at all. So you can imagine you're looking at that beam constantly pulsing on the client's skin without any uh, optical protection for your eyes. Um, that's a huge, huge risk. So, And that can be easily overlooked. Um, now, usually the wavelength is written on the safety goggles and it, it tells you the nanometers um, that you are covered or the range that you have coverage for. Sometimes that uh, writing gets washed off or when, if you're using um, a debt or some sort of disinfectant product to clean your goggles, that can rub off that writing. So it can be quite easy to confuse those safety goggles for other devices which run on a completely different wavelength. So probably, um, yeah, if, if you can check that and ensure that the right wavelengths are installed in the rooms, um, you can avoid yeah, potentially some serious damage to the therapist's eyes. So that, that's quite serious, but it, it is something that I see very often. Absolutely. And I actually have a funny story on that. Um, I worked at a clinic many, many, many years ago um, and they were in the process of changing machinery. So they were going from an IPL machine to a laser machine. And as you said, the wavelength on on the glasses had wiped off. So I spent a full Saturday doing clients as you do back to back with with laser clients using the wrong goggles and I had to go to a concert later that night and I actually fell asleep at the concert because my eyes were so sore (laughs) and I was a front row at this booming loud rap concert and here's me falling asleep now I had nothing to drink I was actually the driver (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and my friends were looking at me going, what is wrong with you? Like, it's so loud in here. I'm like, oh, my God, my eyes are so sore. I can't keep them open. And that was just from one day. Did so you get I, there? Did you even have any permanent sort of? No, yeah. no, they were just very tired. So I still had some protection, but it was nowhere near what I needed. So I just walked away from the day having very sore, very tired eyes and recovered very quickly, thank God. Um, but obviously very dangerous, very risky if that lasers obviously bounce around the room, if that bounced around the room or if I didn't have them on properly. Obviously, that's catastrophic. So I was very lucky just to, and I only embarrassed myself at a concert with friends. Absolutely, make sure you have the right eye equipment and make sure that you can read your um, nanometers on the um, front of the glasses lens. Um, If it does rub off, obviously, you can sticky tape a little. Um, We used to do it on the side of um, the... Great idea, yeah, the um oh what do you call them? The arms of your glasses? Is that is that right? <laughs> um, they'll do, yeah. Yeah, that, people know what I'm talking about. Um the frame, we, the frame of the glasses. 
Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like the bit that goes around your ears. We used to put our names there so that we had our own set of glasses, but you can also obviously put your wavelength on the side there. So if it starts to rub off and you're starting to see that that is removing and it's coming off the lens, take a little piece of paper, write down the wavelength on the um, piece of paper and sticky tape it to the arms of your glasses so that you're safe, you're covered, and everyone's using the right eye equipment because it's extremely important. You, um, they're not something you can replace your eyeballs. <laughs> you need advice. them. And luckily, you, yeah, you got away with it, which is yeah, good to hear. I'm I'm very lucky, and I um, obviously went on to use other pieces of technology after that. And it's one of again my bugbears. I always teach therapists how to read their goggles. I've also had taxi drivers wear. Um, I've seen candela or laser goggles on them <laughs> as sunglasses that they've bought overseas and they think they're very nice and they're very fashionable. Um, they don't protect you from the sun. <laughs> a lot a of trend. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's starting a new cool look. But honestly, I've had an Uber driver with laser glasses on and he handed them to me and they were 755 to 1064 nanometer glasses. And if anyone knows what UV is, it's way below that. <laughs> So he was getting zero protection from wearing his goggles outside. So um, you always need the right wavelength, regardless of whether you're dealing with UV or a laser or a piece of technology. Sure. <laughs> um, we'll wrap up today with what is the one piece of advice that you would give to anyone looking to purchase a piece of technology or equipment? Um, I think the number one piece of advice would be to ask the manufacturer what kind of after-sales support is offered. Um, is it a one-year warranty? Is it a three-year? Is it a five-year warranty? Um, what's included in the warranty? Um, is it, uh, do you have complete peace of mind that everything is covered? Are there exclusions? So, for example, is travel excluded or um, flights if you have to take flights, if you're interstate somewhere remotely? Um, those things are super critical to um, definitely consider and also response time. So what is the response time um, that can be offered? Um, we um, generally offer up to a 48-hour response time for customers who are on our service agreements, um, but we try and attend the same day. And we have engineers based in every state in Australia and also in New Zealand. So we have quite a large team ready to assist our customers so it's important um, when you're considering to purchase equipment, what sort of support are you going to get um, and what those response times look like. Also, if spare parts are available, um, sometimes manufacturers who import their devices from overseas in certain countries, there can be a, a lag time and delay in spare parts as well. So you know, ideally you want someone who or a partner who has their parts based in Australia so that you have everything ready to go and it just, it just minimizes the delay um, and the downtime for the device. Absolutely. And spares. Keep spares. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Have a handpiece on hand at all times should something go wrong. But I think especially now post-COVID, things do take quite a while to get to you. So if you don't have a spare, that's absolutely something that you should be asking your technology company. How long will it take for a part or a piece to get to me? For sure. That's a great point. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Sergio. I think a lot of our technology lovers, business owners will take a lot away from this and understand that obviously there is a lot more to buying a piece of equipment than just getting that piece of equipment into the clinic. It's obviously a lot around how to look after it, what your room should look like, all the bits and pieces that come with that piece of technology. And I think you've given them a lot to consider and think about and look for. Thanks for having me, Lashana. I had a great time. If there is one thing we know here at Butte Industry, it is business owners in the professional aesthetic industry. And the thing we know about you all is that you get super excited when it comes to machinery and devices. While granted that excitement may be, it is crucial that you validate your purchases and choose the right companies to onboard into your business, exactly as you would if you were introducing a new employee into your space. Partnering with a brand who understands machinery like you understand the skin is one element you cannot overlook as mentioned multiple times across today's episode. We so appreciate your time and your ears tuning into today's conversation and hope that you share it with another business owner who might be looking at some machinery options in the future. You can find more Butte goodness over on our website and socials at Butte Industry to continue the conversation. Until next time, stay connected.